0: Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio
1: experience. Hello everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about digital marketing, how you can get results, sales, leads, traffic. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Shane Barker. How are you? I'm
0: doing awesome, man. I'm doing awesome. I was excited when you guys reached out to put me on the podcast. This is going to be fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I found you uh, on uh, articles about influencers in digital marketing, and I got it. Oh, I need to learn from this guy. (laughs) And I check (laughs) out your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, you have extended experience. Before we start, uh, tell more about yourself, your background experience. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in the digital space ever
0: since it's been the digital space. It's been a long time. I've been doing marketing for 25 plus years. And so um, historically, I've taught at UCLA um, and taught personal branding, how to be an influencer course there. Um, And then just through the years, I've done a lot of stuff. We created websites. I do a lot of SEO work, content marketing. Um, Now we really specialize in working with uh, SaaS companies. Um, for software as a service companies, helping them get you know promotions and get uh, traction online. Um, I have a podcast called uh, Marketing Growth Podcast that was in the top thirty business podcasts in the nation. Um, trying to think what else. Website gets about one hundred fifty thousand a month, one hundred fifty to one hundred eighty thousand a month. Um, I don't know. Worked with some of the top brands. Used to do a lot of PR for um, Hollywood execs and people in you know in the celebrity status, and worked with tons of influencers. Um, created programs. Created the program over at UCLA. So, you know, used to own a bar in Chico, California. I've done a lot of stuff, man. It's a it's a long resume, and it's got me where I'm at today, and got me on your podcast. So that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Love your experience. Okay. Um, I have the first question about uh, choosing the right strategy. Uh, for example, you have uh, this. Um, extended digital marketing experience and uh, for new projects uh, let's take uh, sas products uh, how to choose the right channel because it's hard you know when you have limited resources when you don't know where to start we have seo social media content marketing uh, how to choose the right direction
0: yeah i mean i think it comes down to you know you got to kind of find out where your audience is at right like where do you think your audience resonates at and so I always tell if you're a brand new SaaS company. I mean, obviously you have competitors. Um, figure out where they're spending their time, right? Take a look at that. And now maybe they have a larger budget, and but usually what they've done is they've tried multiple channels or a lot of channels, kind of you know, and and honed it down into saying, hey, we originally eight channels. Now we're really kind of specializing in three channels, right? That's really where we're spending our time. So that's what I tell people is like, hey, look at your competitors. Obviously, we'll see what they're doing. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel, um, and then figure out where you're going to want to spend your time, and then spend some time there. Um, I think one of the biggest things is a lot of people get discouraged. You know, hey, I wanted to do video marketing. I've done three videos. Nobody's watching them, and so I just quit. Right? Well, guess what? Nobody watches anything in the first three videos or your first three podcasts. I mean, you're you're getting your you know you're getting your feet wet, and you're kind of trying to grow this thing. So it takes time. So I always tell people be patient. Give yourself at least three to six months in a channel. Um, and you know, it takes time to grow the community. I mean, no different than, you know, in anything that you do, if you are a restaurant and you click on your open sign, that doesn't mean that that night you had, you know, 10,000 people come to your restaurant. It takes time. You build that up. And so, um, you can't expect that to happen overnight. So be patient, be, you know, be, uh, you know, make sure that you're consistent in your, in the content that you're producing. Right. So, I mean, if you are doing videos and you're doing, you know, one video a month, I mean, what kind of traction are you really going to get? The idea is, is you want to create great content. Um, and you want people to get used to seeing that content on certain days. So let's say it's, you know, once a week or twice a week. Um, but you just want to be consistent and and put out great stuff. Um, and, and it can, you know, the cool thing is, is that there's there's a lot of competition out there. But once you start to build the community, the good thing is, is that when you come out with products or services, um, then good things can happen because you have an, an audience that's there and ready and willing and, and knows you and is willing to buy. And so, it's you know, it's a good, to build that audience takes some time and community, but it's absolutely worth it.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, uh, for example, about patience. uh, I remember when I read stories about uh, Mr. Beast and uh, he got first 1,000 subscribers after uh, one and a half year. Uh, PewDiePie got first uh, 285 subscribers after posting 100 videos. (laughs) And these guys didn't give up. (laughs) You know, yeah, patience. (laughs) Is key. <laughs> That's
0: the key is that most every you know a high percentage, I would say 90 plus percent give up, right? Because it's, you, you have to be willing to put in that time and it, it takes effort. And so you can't get discouraged. If you get discouraged easily, you know, you, if you're looking for a miracle, miracles don't happen all the time, right? It's very seldom that those happen. So what you need to do is say, okay, listen, I'm willing to put in, you know, what is your commitment to doing this, right? And when you have to look at resources and, you know, if it's just taking up your time with video as an example, I mean, you can use your iPhone or Android or, you know, and you can go to Amazon or wherever and go buy a, you know, a little, you know, lapel. And I mean, it just doesn't, it's not expensive. Back in the day, I see. back in the day when I started doing this, you know, you had to have, you know, you had to hire somebody, you had to do this, you had to have somebody come in. There was a lot of variables, a lot of factors that were cost. Now it's very inexpensive. What it does is it takes up your time and it takes up your commitment. So you just need to make sure that you're willing to put in that time.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, um, Uh, I I like uh, how you explain that, but, you know, uh, 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 can you clarify more about uh, finding your audience? For example, um, uh, I often see when some uh, websites projects take uh, some platforms uh, social media YouTube or, or anything else and they fail because they don't understand how it works for example uh, from my experience it's much better to choose uh, where you like to spend your time for example uh, most marketers are on Twitter but they can get high engagement on LinkedIn and I pay my attention to be there and uh, for example I often see when uh, someone takes YouTube but uh, they don't like this platform they don't can't they can't create uh, long uh, uh, content you know interesting content and um, from my experience it's better to choose uh, platforms where you enjoy your time for example if you like tiktok you can find your clients on tiktok just uh, shoot this uh, shoot videos can you tell more uh, about choosing platform Uh, uh, because i think uh, you can find clients everywhere it depends on the uh, format of uh, content that you create for them
0: yeah and i agree with i think you hit the nail on the head You, you have to enjoy doing it right so if you you know, go to do a video and you get anxiety and you're like, oh my God, I hate them. And you just can't do it. Then probably it's not the thing for you, right? I, I tell clients that with, you know, hey, I don't want to, I hate social media. I don't want to do it. Okay. There's a way to be active on social media where it doesn't have to be you all day, where you can hire somebody and you, you know, create content for them and put it out there. So there are levels to it, right? And there's some people that love to be in the spotlight. You know, I mean, when, you know, I always tell people, I just tell my students at UCLA, it's like, if you look at the first blog post that I wrote, it was absolutely terrible. Like it was just no good. Like, you know, I keep that because I want them to look at it and go, hey, listen, we all have a starting point. But to talk about the audience and where you think you should spend your time, once again, I think that really depends on what you're launching, right? If you're launching a, you know, B2B type situation where you're, you know, it's a a competitor to LinkedIn, let's say, or a or something that that, that works with LinkedIn, then obviously LinkedIn is where you want to spend your time, right? Because you want to talk to your audience, it's going to be there on LinkedIn. So I think you just have to look at once again, where do you think your audience is hanging out at, right? And what kind of content do you need to produce to get those ty- to get that type of results? And I think that's one of the, the things that people, people miss because you know, you have to create content with intent, right? Like I, once again, I, I show my students the first few blog posts that I wrote, they were terrible. And I keep them there because I want them to realize like they were bad, they just weren't good. But the idea of this is, is that back in the day I would just create content. I was like, oh, we're talking about this and I'm going share this. Now what I do is I create content that's keyword driven, right? And that where I'm saying, okay, what do I think my audience that I want to sell to, what do I think they're looking up? What are the queries? What are the questions they're asking, right? And I want to have the answer to that because I know that I'm a good fit for them. So now what we do is we, you know, we reverse engineer. So you think about that with, why would you create YouTube content? Like, what is the point? Are you answering a question? What are you doing? Like, why are you creating that content with TikTok? Maybe it's just, maybe you just want to have fun and show that, hey, listen, you know that you're a free spirited person and you know you enjoy life and things are good but maybe you have a message you really should have a message behind that like what are you looking to do right the goal is always to drive people to your website right i mean that should be the the thing that you take a look at and i think a lot of people miss that like i have influencers big influencers that i've worked with that have millions of followers on instagram and they just stay on instagram and i get that but i'm like listen you have to have a website like you have to drive those people somewhere because of Instagram changes their policy and something happens, or this, this algorithm that everybody you know always complains about, if it is not in your favor anymore, and now you have to spend tons of money, is Instagram gonna be your best platform? Or is it gonna be a situation that if you drove people to your website and you build up an email database, that never goes away, right? So it's like, what are you doing? In social media should be something that you're driving to your main website, to what we call your money pages, right? If you're not doing that, if you're just staying on Instagram, Anything can happen, right? And it will happen. I mean, that's, you know, we've seen this historically with Facebook and and Instagram and nothing against those companies. But, you know, what happens is in the beginning when they open up the algorithm, you get tons of responses and people and people love your content. What they do is they start to scale back the algorithm, which means you get less engagement. And then what do you do? You're craving for more engagement. So what do you do? You boost your posts or you start doing some advertisements. And the thing is, and that's not bad. I'm not saying that's bad, but you're trying to get back to that original high. Right of where you were at, and so and that's they have to monetize. So that's not a bad thing. They have to make money too, but you have to think about this as like, hey, use this as a tool to drive. You know, you're you're doing this this content for a purpose, and you're pushing that back to your website. So it really is that should be the goal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, valuable. Got it. Um, uh, you mentioned a few times about consistency. For example, uh, I see two two types of consistency. The first type uh, from Gary Vee. Post as maximum as possible, Uh, post everything that you have in your mind. Just post everywhere. The second type uh, is from Brian Dean. Uh, He shares he posts uh, one time a month, super high quality content. Uh, how to choose, uh, or to find your balance, you know, with this consistency? Because, uh, f- from my experience, I like more uh, from Gary V because I can improve my quality skills, confidence when uh, I post a lot. Uh, even sometimes, I can uh, think more about quantity than quality because on social media, you need to, uh, to produce a lot of content because I don't know which content can bring results. For Google, yeah, it's more important high quality, super high quality content. Can you? Tell how to find this balance.
0: Yeah, it's always that's always difficult. I think Gary V is obviously the extreme, right? I mean, Gary V has you know a team that follows him around. He's probably got at least two videographers, and they're the but the key to the whole thing is this is if you want to put out content like that, that's similar to that, what you want to take a look at is is, and Gary V talks about this and I talk about this, but is how you create a piece of content and then divide that into multiple pieces, right? So yeah. give you an example, what we're on today. Right. So here we are. We're going to have a live. You're going to pull out the audio of this. You're going to make it into a podcast. You're creating one piece of content and you're putting it into five different pieces. You can do little clips of this, put it on Instagram. You can put it on LinkedIn. So that's what you have to look at is like, what do you like? What do you what kind of content do you want to produce? Right. So give you an example. For me, it's a blog post. Like that's really where I spend my time. So I create this great big blog post and then I'll go and do a little clip and talk about it. Right. Or or on my podcast, you know, we'll do the same thing. We do a live podcast where we're talking and then we, we break that down into little pieces of content. And now I have content potentially for the next few weeks because we break this up into different mediums and put it into different areas. So the thing is, is with Brian. So Brian is more, you know, Brian does like he has like these these different things, you know, like the the pillar content, the different stuff that he does. That's going to be high authority, a lot more time intensive. And he's less of like the glitz and glam of, hey, follow Brian around for the day and see what's going on in his life. Right. Gary V is more of a, a motivator of like, hey, you know, live life to the fullest. And what are you doing to like make an impact today? Like he's he's people follow him for motivation. And I think tips and things of like how you want to live your life. Right. Like how do we live things, do things to the fullest. Right. And Brian, I think obviously is more about SEO and content and is like, if you wanna go you know, get your blog to a certain level and these are the certain things you wanna do. So they're two totally different types of people. Um, I'm not saying that people don't follow both, right? Cause I think there's value in both. Um, but Gary V is very much in your face and motivational and like, ah, you know, you're like, oh my God, you need know, to watch a Gary Vee video and you wanna go like go run or do something or fight 10 people or something like, you know, you're, you're motivated to go do something and make it happen. So I think it's a, they're similar audiences but just, just two different styles. You know, and Brian, you know, I've met Brian. I, I don't know if Brian necessarily wants a camera in his face all day long. You know, he's not he's not spitting out one liner uh, motivational tips every seven seconds. Like he's probably more of a hey, <clears throat> doing the research and seeing what he's got and looking at different ways to to drive traffic and to to you know to drive traction. So um, two different people, and once again, just depends on what your personality type is and what you're looking to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, each, I think uh, Brandon is uh, consistent with outreach. You know, when he creates this content, he's consistent to send these uh, personalized emails uh, to many different bloggers, journalists to get these results. Yeah, I think it's the way of uh, uh, growing okay. Uh, let's talk more about SEO. Uh, how to find the right strategy? Uh, today we have uh, 1.8 billion websites. Mm-hmm. A lot. Uh, if we search on Google, uh, uh, we can find a million results for any keywords. Uh, how to compete with them? How to find the right strategy uh, with SEO? Yeah, I mean, SEO is you know, it's always evolving, but
0: SEO has always been consistent in the sense that you know, we it's always comes down to great content. Um, backlinking and it really comes down to building that network, right So um, distribution of the content, obviously being big as well because you can have the best piece of content in the world, but if you don't not distribute it, right? you can have the best product in the world, you can know, have marketing, then nobody finds out about it. So you know that's the things you'll see people that don't have necessarily the best content in the world, but they have a good distribution system. so you're getting traction to it, which that's a, a factor for Google and SEO, right? They want to know that hey, people are enjoying the content. You know, maybe there's somebody over here that wrote a, a bigger article, but people are resonating and backlinking to your articles, so they feel that it's more relevant for certain search terms. But um, I think you know the hard part about SEO is once again, like, what terms do you go after, right? And I think a lot of companies that come to us for help, what they the the problem with some SEO folks are they're saying, hey, these are the keywords we should go after, and a lot of the times there are these. know the domain the the ke or the kd or the keyword difficulty is extremely extremely high you know they're in the 70s or 80s and their website they put up one year ago and they're you know they they should be going after sites that have a a 20 or 30 uh you know kd score and kd is keyword difficulty so one being you know easy 100 being you're probably not gonna you're not gonna index for it unless you put you know heavy heavy funds and um, have a huge writing team and going after it but so I think you need to be realistic and, you know, there's plenty of tools out there. I mean, I actually did a um, a great review about SEMrush um, on my website. You can check out it at shanebarker.com. Um, and I've looked at all the tools. We use all the tools. I use them all, you know, for different reasons, obviously. Um, but the thing is, is you can go in there and take a look at um, what it means, like what kind of content you want to produce, right? Look at certain keywords. And what I love about SEMrush, what they just added was an intent as well. So yeah. you can see if it's informational, you can see if it's commercial, you can see if it's whatever it is. So that gives us kind of a one-up because back in the day we would just i would go and have to you know, look up a certain keyword i would look up to see who's there and i'd say okay is this promotional is it commercial is it you know informational and you know what do we need to do so we had different tools that we would use to so assess what do we need to do to move this person out of the way assuming that it makes sense to go after that so i think to, to circle back and answer your question the the, the problem is that most companies, most SEO companies will tell people, Hey, let's go after these keywords, but they're not realistic about what it's going to take to get you there. Right. And I think, cause they, they don't want to scare the client away. And so they're going, well, we don't want to tell them, it's going to take a year, you know, and $60,000. So what we're going to do is we're going to say, Hey, it's a starting point. We're going to do it. And then the client managing expectations is like, Hey, why are we not number one after one month? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, you know, you're supposed to crush it. And it's like, with our clients, I educate them. Most of my clients come to me damaged. And What I mean by that is they've already worked with some SEO companies and gotten no results. So we have to come in and I say, listen, I'm gonna be over the top realistic with you. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you about what it's gonna take and it's probably gonna be expensive, um, you know, because, but if you'll have to realize what you have to look at is what is the ROI if we get to that point, that's another thing. So you have a, a, a keyword that's extremely difficult, right? And you're not honest with the client, and you look at it, and there's 300 searches, and the client is selling a a $5 item. So you have to think about it, like, what is the ROI of that, right? Like, if you have 300 searches, let's say you get number one, and you get 40% of those people, right? So you get 120 people, and then 120 of those people come to your website, and you're doing a 5% conversion rate. So 5% on a $5 item, doesn't make sense. Why go after that keyword? But most SEO companies won't tell you that. Like, looking at like what makes sense to go after because of keyword difficulty, but also the price of your item. Now, if your item was a $10,000 vacation, right? And you only have to close out of those 300, you have 120 come to your website and you close 1%. So you close one person, but that one person is a $10,000 vacation. That probably makes sense, right? Because now we can get two, get three, get four. Right. Now we have some ROI. So that's there's a lot of moving pieces that I think You know, some SEO companies just go, oh, we'll just go after it. Well, there should be a deeper evaluation of exactly why you're going after that. um, And what is the intent there? What is your reason for going after that? Are you, is it just informational because you want to educate your clients? Or is it because you're actually looking to close somebody and there's a sale that can happen there? So once again, I think intent is very, is is something that every, every company should think about whether you're an SEO company or you're um, a brand or, you know, a company looking to get some traction what do you need to do, right? And I think it's important to, to talk to the right people. I'm not I'm not saying I'm the only one in the, in, in, in this big universe that knows how to do this, but um, we obviously have a lot of experience because we've been doing it for a long time.
1: Yeah, valuable, interesting. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, finding copywriters. Um, uh, for example, 10 years ago, uh, I had a team of copywriters. They wrote about everything. Today I have a team of editors. You know, They edit content from experts because some clients uh, can't write, but they can produce uh, valuable content, but uh, it's hard to read uh, and editors can simplify this content. Can mm-hmm. you tell how to find uh, a responsible copywriter today or... Uh, Uh, expert who can bring new valuable insights because uh, I think uh, many copywriters just rewrite the content in the top 10 results. They don't understand the topic, the niche. And it's important, uh, especially if we have this parameter, it expertise authority trust to uh, Mm -hmm. get content from experts. Can you tell how to find uh, experts in your niche, Uh, for example, for SaaS company? Because uh, many of them have no experience with that.
0: Yeah, agreed. So we ran into this problem. This was years ago. We um, took on a client that was a very technical client, like technical on the the backside of things. Um, And so we we had problems because what we were doing is our editors were mainly in the digital space. And so trying to write technical writing was a problem. And that was something that we learned early on. We said, okay, listen, we have to kind of stay within our framework, right, like going outside of that, because it becomes becomes difficult right when you're writing about something that you you need to know the terms you need to know what you know how people things that people say things that people don't say so I'm agreeing with you I think the thing that's the hardest part is or what you need to do is go and find somebody that writes in your niche right and so you say hey you know if you're going and you're a you know a finance company you probably don't want a digital marketing company writing your content for the most part right like you have to think about because then there's certain questions that I think you would ask you want to say hey send me over some of your sample articles. let me take a look at it because there's certain things that you want to be said and certain things you don't. or you know if you're a highly regulated industry, right your insurance or you're a medical or, or a lawyer, then you absolutely need to make sure that you're compliant. <clears throat> there's certain things that can happen that you can get in trouble there. So finding these individuals I think comes down to what I, the process that I've used over the years is asking the right questions. Right, and that's what I do when I when it comes to interviewing anybody. Um, You know, because I obviously work. My whole team is fully remote. They've always been remote. Um, And I had at one point had almost a forty-person team, and we've condensed that down over the years um, to make it very just to make a a lean team. But the thing is, is you want to have. I have qualifying questions for clients that I'm bringing on, right, to make sure they're a good fit. Make sure that they understand how long this is going to take and the cost is going to be that is going to be entailed. We expect the results to be right Um, because we've done some evaluations. Um, I, I, I think it just comes down to once again, asking the right questions. And if you have an editor or, uh, a, or a copywriter that you're looking to hire, having those specific questions, you know, I one of the things that I do is I will send a an article that's just okay, right? And have some mistakes in there and I'll send it to the same editors, right? And I'll say, hey, I have three editors. I say, listen, I'll pay for your time for all of them. Um, I'm gonna send you an article and this is what we're looking to get out of the article. And I wanna see who writes the best. And so there we go. And I'll give them the one once again, all the same, give them all the same variables, right? So there's nothing different. See who writes the the best articles, see how long it takes them. You know, one person that can take three hours, the other person that takes 15 hours, you know, and then we have to evaluate the content. The one that took three hours, maybe that content was really was 80% there. Okay, that's fine. The one that took 15 hours, maybe they were, you know, 85% there. So do I, what's that cost, right? Is it five dollars an hour? Is it fifteen dollars an hour? Is it fifty dollars an hour? so i you know i always tell people like it's important and this is you know if you're looking at like upwork or if you're looking at any kind of website like that to find somebody don't be discouraged don't always find the cheapest person right that's i think this is very valuable because you know we used to always do this right like oh this is seven dollars an hour like okay let's give it a try right it's cheapest is not always the best and what you need to take a look at is maybe there's somebody that's a hundred dollars an hour and there's somebody that's twenty five. But maybe this person only takes two hours to get it ready, so it's cost you two hundred dollars. This person it takes twelve hours, and it's it's just not as good, right? So don't be don't be shy about paying for somebody that that charges more because they probably have more experience, they have better better tools, they're probably more efficient in the way that they produce content. So really think about that. It's not always. And once again, that was a valuable lesson that I learned very early on. In the, in the beginning, I had to pick the cheapest people if I was hiring somebody because. I just just didn't have a big budget, right? Now I look at it and I go, okay, I'm I'm looking for long-term growth and I'm looking for the right people and I'm willing to pay a premium for that, right? Because that's going to be better for my clients. It's going to be better for content or anything that we're producing. So that's my my little nugget. Like don't always go after the cheapest person. Find the person, you know, once again, same project, give it to the same people or different people and see how long it takes and evaluate the cost of it and see who performs the best.
1: Yeah, and you uh, <clears throat> remind me when uh, Paul Andre shares on my podcast about uh, uh, how much they pay uh, for uh, some copywriters uh, and for one page they paid $6,000, you know, just to write this article, because that was a case study of very uh, high quality with a lot of data. And uh, uh, ex- an expert uh, spent a lot of time, you know, to write this article. <laughs>
0: It's, I mean, it's, this is what you have to figure out is that copywriting is an art, right? And that's the things you have to realize is that if you have a copywriter that's charging you like pennies on the dollar, they're probably not a copywriter, right? Mm-hmm. Because copywriting is expensive. And you know we look at it in the beginning, once again, when we first started doing this, I was like, God, that's expensive. I just don't know if it's worth it. But if you get the right copywriter that writes the right type of copy that is playing on emotions and, you know, it's, it's this great thing and you read it, you go, oh my God, I can't I mean, I, you know, there's, there's some great marketers out there that I go and I'll read their stuff and, you know, I, I know that it's marketing and I just can't help but not buy or click or do something, right. Cause I'm like, oh my God, it's such, such engaging, compelling content or copy. Um, I think it's valuable. You know, it's hard to find the people that really are good at copywriting, but if you have somebody um, it just comes down to once again, how many people are you going to send this out to? If you go and spend $6,000 on one piece of content. Not saying don't do that, but you have to look at like how big is your audience? Like, how many people are you going to get this out to? Are you going to do paid ads? Are you just going to put it out through social and you know, put it on Twitter six times and LinkedIn four times? Do you think you're going to be able to make your six thousand dollars back? Right? Or what is your six thousand dollars is nothing if you have a full blown six month campaign that you're going to really, really aggressively go after this and having that copy to make sure that people purchase? Because once again, you could spend. $300 $300 and get a copywriter to do it. And then nobody converts and you're wasting all of your ad budget. And you're wasting all of your time to do that. So, you know, not saying sp- spend $6,000, but I'm not saying don't spend $6,000. You know, we need to look at that and say, how am I going to make my money back? How does this make sense?
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, my team always shares, uh, our clients, uh, don't search for a price, forget about price in the first stage, search for experience. And when you have, uh, choice you know between uh, some copywriters then uh, analyze their prices and choose one you know or a few ones yeah that's valuable And, you know, uh, it's interesting about Upwork, it's hard to find a responsible copywriter on Upwork as well. And uh, for some projects, we couldn't do it. Uh, We analyzed over 100 requests and we couldn't find even one. Uh, Most of them uh, have uh, good rating feedback, but they can produce high quality content, valuable. And uh, what we did, uh, we reached out to many bloggers um uh, if I remember correctly we took uh, uh, many uh block offers um, and to analyze their uh their results uh, comments likes shares uh, uh SEO traffic and uh, when we got uh Around 100 bloggers, we, re- we reached out to them. 50% of them don't reply, didn't reply. 45% charged crazy price, but 5%, uh, around two, three people, uh, we got suitable conditions and you know, all. And yeah, we cooperated for a long time. It takes sure. time. Yeah, it took yeah. three months.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is, once again, all of it's going to take time, right? I mean, that's the thing is you have to realize like, it's you have to be willing to invest that. And that's the thing is, you are you going to go find the pers- perfect person on Upwork? Maybe, maybe not, right? Because it's the thing is it's also, I mean, I like Upwork. I mean, I've written for Upwork for years now. Um, I think it's a great platform, but the thing is this is that, you know, maybe as you said, maybe the right people aren't there, right? If you're a great copywriter, not to say that you're not on Upwork, but for the most part, you're probably not gonna be on Upwork. And there's a point maybe you use that as a as a foundation, but then you go off and now you're charging, you know, these clients that they are they're coming back to you over and over and over. So finding the right type of copywriter um, I mean, there's also websites online that you can find copywriters and they can send you great content and you know where you can have maybe a little bit of a deeper conversation than you can on on upwork. Um, but there's definitely you know the hard part is this is like I always tell people finding a good copywriter is like finding a good mechanic. You know, like when you have a mechanic with your car, it's like you just don't want to get screwed, right? You're like, I don't know what's going on, just don't like charge me too much, just you know, get it fixed. Once you find a good mechanic, once you find a good doctor, once you find a good copywriter, you really do want to hold on to them and treat them well. You know, I, I always say that, like, you know, you have to, I, I call them my A players. So there's people that are on my team that crush it. They're absolutely amazing. And the same thing is this, is I, you know, we do part-time work and if they're doing an amazing job, I bring them on full-time, even if I don't have the work right away. Because for me, I, I know I've interviewed, as I'm sure you guys have, I've interviewed thousands of freelance workers over, I mean, just, you know, through the years in, what I've realized is, is once you find somebody that is that you don't have to micromanage, that is on top of their work, um, that gets things done, that once again, that is you know dedicated to the company and dedicated to producing good work, those people for me, I'm I'm bringing them on full time, and I'm I'm gonna you know treat them right and make sure that they're
1: taken care of. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, let's talk about priorities. Uh, I remember uh, a story from uh, Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett. Uh, They shared uh, uh, when they launched two products, for example, product A and product B. And product B uh, sells two times more. And they stop uh, investing money to product A and uh, spend all resources to product B to get two times more. Uh, and uh, it's interesting in marketing, uh, it's important as well. For example, uh, I remember when um, I asked my client about um, fixing uh, the report and he replied to me, you know, I spent all my time to write this alt text. I I I told him, why, why you decided to start from alt text for pages that we couldn't get traffic, you know, because validators just say this. It's better to choose priorities with pages where we are going to get this traffic because we have limited resources. Can you tell from your experience how to find these priorities uh, and uh, where to pay more attention?
0: Yeah, so what we do you know, we're at a different state now because it's anything, just about anything we write ends up on page one or page two. So it, and it you know took us, I won't tell you the amount we've spent on my website, but it's, it's in the, in the M's it's, it's millions of dollars. We've spent a lot of money on my website. Um, And the reason I'm telling you that is just to to be realistic about it, it takes a lot of work, you know, to be able to get to a certain place. We're lucky now that anything we write, like I said, it indexes extremely well. Now, if you're just starting off, what I tell people is once again, it, just do the research, right? Let's take a look at a certain keyword you wanna go after. Let's look at your competitors. Let's see how much how much content they wrote. So let's say it's a, an article and it's 3000 words. Great, you can write something a little bigger, 3500 words. What is the keyword difficulty? How many backlinks do they have to the page? Um, and then we wanna take a look at what do we think it's gonna to take to be able to move them out of the way, right? And so what I do is, um, you know, then obviously you wanna create, you know, we talk up, um, about, uh, authority, right? So we talk about topical authority. So let's say it's a um, I'm an you know AI chatbot. Let's say that's my, my SaaS company. And so what we do is we have to take a look at okay the competitors, right? What are the keywords we want to go after? Probably don't want to go after AI chatbot. it's a very competitive keyword. So maybe we do you know best conversational AI chatbot as an example. Maybe it's less keyword difficulty and we say okay we're going to write this article and then we're going to write five other articles as an example that are going to feed into this article right to to you know so we have we're going after longer tail keywords right? And see how well these five articles index and they're all going to feed into the one big piece of content, right? That we have. Then what we do is we sit back and we give it a month and we see where it indexes, right? And say, okay, out of these five articles, which one of these index best for that keyword? And then we're going to revamp that content, right? So I put some more time into revamping content. Um, There's a number of tools out there. We use Surfer SEO. I'm good with the the team over there, awesome people. Um, And what we do is we go and we revamp the content. So we go and find out you know what are other questions that we can add to the article are there other h1s h2s right there's certain keywords that we can put in there so the idea of this is that if you end up on page two and there's a great amount of searches right because you're going after that what is it going to take to get to page one so i put stuff out there i give it a little time i let you know google chew on it a little bit and see if they like it or don't like it right and then if they like it on certain articles and we go and revamp that content and we just keep doing that and we come up with these you know, these these keywords that we want to go after once again be realistic about you know what you want to go after and what you think that you can obtain because if you're going after these crazy crazy keywords that have high keyword difficulty and you know it's a 15,000 word article and it's a company that has 2,000 articles that are writing about AI chatbot you're not going to move them out of the way i mean you can it's going to take a lot of money and a lot of time but you have to be realistic about that but you can start chipping away at market share Right, you can start chipping away at at the, you know, once again the 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 keywords that they have gone after, that maybe they're not paying much attention to, right? And that those are the ones that you want to really kind of spend some time on. And then over time, your goal of six months or one year that you want to go after the big, the big, let's say it's AI chatbot as an example. I mean, it's the keyword that you want to go after because now you're going to have sixty articles, you're going to have the nice little structure in place, you're going to be all you know pushing all that link juice into one article to to be you know that that mega article that you want to index on Google.
1: Yeah, very good strategy. Uh, you know, uh, I can explain why. Because, uh, for example, I remember when we uh, wrote awesome articles, very good articles. You know, uh, a lot of insights. We created backlinks, but we can't rank them on Google. We can't get this uh, visibility. But some articles without links, without awesome content, can bring. <laughs> Traffic and you know, yeah, I think it's it's a good strategy. You know, when you check out, Google uh decide uh decides, okay, this article is good, uh, and why not to spend more time with this article? You know, yeah. then uh, just uh, uh, share a lot of resources with something if it doesn't work. You know, it's hard to understand why. You know, uh, you can call John Mueller to ask why, and you can get some <laughs> broad reply. You know about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, I found on your LinkedIn uh, profile about a um, uh, startup venture that valued $25 million uh, for two years. Can you tell more about that?
0: Yeah, so there was a company um, that I created. I uh, had two other co-founders, and we brought that business from zero to $25 million valuation in about two years' time. I had uh, 130 employees. What we were doing was it was in the real estate niche. Um, and what we were doing is we were helping people that were put in bad loans and so we would do audits of loans and so it was less of an online um, company. I mean we still had a really big online presence but like I had my own videography team and they would follow me around and we'd talk about loans and you know finance and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of a different niche um, but we did that once again to help people that were taken advantage of by brokers and by um, loan officers and stuff. So what we did is we built that up because there was a lot of there's a lot of fraud in the industry. Um, and so, like I said, it was a fast growing company. I ended up opening three offices in California, actually four offices in California. And it grew to, like I said, 130 employees, massive company. Um, and once again, just a crazy, crazy growth story. I mean, we went, like I said, it was in, started in my living room. And then all of a sudden we've got a class A building with big, huge building with our name on the side of it and everything. And um, it was, you know, of course, I was about 30 pounds heavier. It was like a cr- I was working 16, 20 hours a day. It was um, a great learning lesson. Like there was, I always tell people like there's, you know, I couldn't have learned that at Harvard if I went to Yale or if I went to UCLA, like the actual grinding every day of working on this business for two years, um, was just phenomenal. Like it was just a crazy, crazy growth. I mean, we see this hockey stick growth that people talk about. Um, and we learned a lot and we spent a lot of money on things that worked and things that didn't work. And we were able to to grow the business and work on the video side of things. And what's a 10person marketing team underneath me that that I managed and so we did a lot of like uh, mailers and paid ads and TV stuff and you know interviews and you know my little pretty little face was all over you know my local city on these little billboards and stuff like that so it was um, it was fun it was a, a great project and once again we felt like we were doing um, good to help people and so that felt good to be able to help people that were put in a bad loan situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, good. And you know, I think fraud is everywhere in SEO, in weight loss, in uh, finance, it's everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, any uh, any
0: place that you can make money, you know, any place you can make money, there's going to be somebody looking to take advantage of you. You know, crypto. I mean, I, I you know, yeah. a crypto fan, but is anywhere. Any, any, you can be fooled on anything. So you know, always be real careful with. I don't care what it is. You just always got to kind of look at it and go, oh, is this too good to be true? Does, does, does this make
1: sense? And if it doesn't make sense, don't do it. Uh, It's interesting about um, uh, such keywords, for example, uh, how to make money fast, easy uh, and Uh, if you find articles that are uh, really valuable, uh, but they explain, it's hard work. You need to be patient, to go ahead, to be expert in one niche. And But people are not looking for this <laughs> tips. They want to get first uh, advice, how to get it, how to do it. And that's why they rank uh, higher, you know, of, uh, from than other articles.
0: Be- we, we always joke around about this. The, the issue is, is that if you were, you know, people are like, well, how do I get, you know, abs, right? If I'm working, how do I get abs? It's like, well, if you really want to know, it's not going to be seven second ab machine, right? it's not, people are looking for a three second ab machine, you're, what you're doing is you're, you're missing the most important step, which is, is work, right? Like you can't, most of the time, 99% of the time, it's going to take a lot of work. And that's what people are allergic to. Most of the time they go out and I mean, that just sounds like a lot of work. Well, yes, that's, that's how you get abs. That's how you get, you know, if you put in the work, this is anything, this is anything in life. If you put in the work, good things will happen. And it's just really what it comes down to 98% of the time. Right, and so that's the problem is that, nope, if I want to get a chest for summer and I want to look all big, well, if I worked out every day for six months, guess what? I'm going to look the way that I want to look, assuming you you eat right, and you're not eating cupcakes every morning. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're thinking about what you, and you have a plan and you put that plan in place. But it's the same thing with SEO. It's the same thing with video marketing. It's the same thing with anything. You put in the time, you put in the work, good things will happen. Now, you can't expect miracles, but you have to say, hey, if I'm going to work out for six months, or if I'm going to do SEO for six months, I'm going to do video marketing for six months. What do you think that those re- results will look like? And is that realistic? You know, That's the big thing for us when clients come to us. We have these qualifying questions. You know, Clients go, hey, I want to spend... You know, $50,000, but I want to make $10 million off that investment. And I'm like, well, no, duh, who doesn't? Like, I'm, we all want to make that kind of money. Like, that would, right? So you have to be realistic about that. Like, how much work are you willing to put in? Right. And this is how much work we're willing to put in to be able to get you those results and making sure that everybody's on the same page. Because once again, most people are allergic to the work for the most part, right? They want to figure out what's the shortcut? Like, how can I, you know, finagle this? And it's like, It takes work. Like that's what you have to do. At the end of the day, if you put in the work, good things will happen. If you don't put in the work, then you're you're just not going to get the results. Like the people that put in the work that are there, you talk about Mr. Beast and all these guys, they put in the work, right? After one year, they're looking at things, going, "Man, this is maybe I should go back to being a programmer, an engineer, or something." Like there's no money here, and then all of a sudden, what happened? Now he's giving away what a Lamborghini or something, or a few of them, or something. I mean, it's crazy, right? Now, mind you, those are anomalies. Not everybody's going to be a Mr. Beast. But the idea of this is, is like, you don't have to be a Mr. Beast. That's what I, what I tell my clients is like, you don't have to be number one, right? You don't have to do that. Like I used to, my viewpoint was I always, there was always marketers that I wanted to beat. And so I would tell my team, Hey, we're going to beat this marketer and I'm going to go speak on bigger stages and I'm going to, my podcast is going to be bigger. And a lot of the times we were able to produce those results for me. But the problem is, is what is that? What is that level? Like at what point are you going to say, Hey, I'm happy with where I'm at today. I mean, you can make, I mean, I have a phenomenal audience and we do great work, but I don't I don't need to go and be on, I don't need to go speak three times a week and I don't need to I don't need to do that anymore. I can make a great living, right, and enjoy life, go do my camping and you know, hang out with my dogs and my wife and my family and and have that balance because of a team that I put processes in place and they absolutely crush it for my clients and I can wake up and do podcasts at 7 a.m. in the morning like we're doing today, right? And stuff that I really, really enjoy. But that's because we put good processes in place, you know, and the work is being done. And we all know, hey, we've got to put in, we've got to come in, we got to check in every day and put in the work. And we're putting in the work right now and good things are happening
1: yeah yeah love the secret <laughs> patience <laughs> and, and loving what you do and yeah. uh, I, I remember when i listened to one audio podcast um, and uh, i got a story from uh, a famous uh, writer uh, and uh, she got uh, an email from other writer and uh, this offer uh, explained that uh, uh, that he couldn't get high results. And uh, when he asked uh, um, all other uh, offers, they usually uh, replied to, to him, uh, perseverance, perseverance. Uh, but he uh, shares it's, it's hard for, for him uh, for many years uh, without any results uh, and uh, ask for uh, uh, what uh, he can do. And she replied to him, okay, leave it. Forget about uh, writing. It's not yours. If you don't love it, if you uh, suffer from writing, leave it. Forget it's not your direction. Uh, But if you love it, if you can live without that, if you don't care about results, uh, then perseverance. Go ahead with that. Yeah, (laughs) it's the best advice.
0: That's the thing, yes. And you do have to enjoy what you do, right? One thing we talked about this earlier is, is that I think a lot of the times people, you know, video marketing or whatever, they you have to do video marketing, you have to do it. But if you don't, if you, this is the thing, is if you just don't like the way that you look and you're like, hey, there's some things you can get over. Hey, just get over it. Like, I'm sure your first podcast was terrible. My first podcast was absolutely terrible. I didn't know how to interview. I didn't know how to answer questions. I didn't know about the cameras and lighting and It was terrible, but that's okay. We started, right? We made it happen. We pushed forward. It's the same thing with this. Like you, you, perseverance is if you don't enjoy something, if you, you can say, hey, but am I willing to give it a try? Right? Because I know that I'm going to get better over time. Because guess what? If you're not a great writer, can you become a great writer? You can, or guess what? You can also hire somebody to be a writer for you. Right? So that's the thing is you have to look at like, what are you willing to do? And if it gives you total anxiety and you're like, oh my God, just the thought of doing this, I just can't get out of bed because of it, don't do it. There's plenty of other ways, there's other platforms, there's ways that you can get content out there. That's what's beautiful about the internet, is it's just, just it's huge, there's so much, so much, so much opportunity. And before, back in the day, I was always trying to like, you know, oh, I gotta take over this and take over that. For what, for what? Like I have my beautiful little community, I've got these amazing people that follow me, and I'm always looking to grow that. But they know that if I recommend a software, or if I, you know, talk about this or talk about that, then they know that I'm giving genuine results and something that I've done because I want people to miss out on, you know, these potential places where they're spending too much money. I want them to get success faster, right? That's always been my goal of of my podcast and also with my website. Like my goal was saying, hey, what can you do? I want you to come to my website and learn as much as you need. And then either A, you can hire us or maybe you can go do it on your own. Right. And when I came out with my with my website, a lot of marketers were emailing me going, what are you doing? Like you're giving up like all the secrets of what we're doing. And I go, who cares? Right. There's 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 so much business out there. And at the end of the day, for me, it's like if you can read that blog and you can go make it happen, that's awesome. Right. If you can't reach out to me, we can talk about what it would look like. Or, you know, at least you have a framework to understand that if you're going to hire somebody the certain vernacular and terms that you use and certain things that you could look for. So I've always used my website as an informational zone for you know other digital marketers, for agencies, for influencers to go and get information, to learn how to do something that they don't know how to do so they can be more successful. So that was always my goal from the beginning. And, um, and once again, it's, it's it's fared well for us.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, you both. Okay, Shane, uh, share how people can uh, learn more about you, reach out to you, follow yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: you can, uh, my website is shanebarker.com. That's S H A N E B A R K E R.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Just look up Shane Barker. It's just uh, you know, LinkedIn.in forward slash Shane Barker. On uh, Twitter, it's Shane underscore Barker. Um, The gentleman who had Shane Barker wouldn't give it up to me about nine, 10 years ago. So he kept it. And so it's underscore. Um, You can follow me on, on Instagram as well, which is just Shane Barker. Um, or you can go just google shane barker i I take over the first three pages of google there's nobody else there's all kinds of other shane barkers out there but they're not relevant because i took over those positionings so you can go take a look at that sign up for the newsletter and we'll give you guys some great information and make sure to check out the blog and the podcast
1: okay guys you can find all these mentioned links in the description below listen us on google apple spotify thanks a lot for your time it's valuable um the right direction. I think everyone needs to follow you and learn more about you because you share secrets.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's the goal just to make it a little easier to do marketing these days. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.